Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of our 168th week for the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. <clears throat> Today, we are going to be talking all about the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl only. But before we do that, let's just go through some news we missed as usual. Um, probably the, <laughs> the biggest non-Super Bowl news maybe of the football world recently is that Tom Brady is officially retiring. He submitted some paperwork to the NFL saying that that's happening. So Wyatt and Lucas, I guess you two ca- called this. It's just that when Tom Brady was taking vacation days before the season, you guys wanted to say that it was nothing, and then he retires at the end of the year. And I, it just after the awful year that That's they had, different. and then ultimately it results in his retirement, I, it, it was something, and I think I deserve some credit. And same does, so does Lucas. Mm-hmm. Just echo what Wyatt said, take my victory lap in stride, and that's it. <laughs> okay, well, who knows? Maybe, maybe he'll walk this one back too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he did beat Adam Schefter this time, so who knows? Um <laughs> Other quarterback news, Derek Carr of the Raiders. There were rumors he was going to be released, and it finally happened. So he is now a free agent. He is free to go to some other team that will actually appreciate him. Any predictions? A-E-T-S. I don't want to jinx him. Jets, Jets, Jets. He should go to the NFC, though. There's too many good quarterbacks in the AFC right now. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um a good quarterback in the NFC or maybe not so good is Justin Fields. Uh, there are rumors apparently by GMs that he might be shopped this off season would be an interesting move because the bears have the first pick, right? He's a future giant. Mm. I just, it, it'd be hard pressed <laughs> to believe that he, they shopped Justin Fields to then go with CJ Stroud or um, Bryce young. It doesn't feel like it'd be a dramatic improvement. Although I know that they're more polished passers. I mean, the team is so bad what is the evaluation on Justin Fields to the point where you're like, mm-hmm. we can't do anything with him. Mm-hmm. Is this just to like drum up trade or, you know, better their package for the first pick? It like, Oh, we be. might keep it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, yeah. yeah. I just yeah. don't really buy it. Yeah. Um, okay. And then the last thing before we dive into the Super Bowl proper is obviously let's talk about the commercials a little bit. Jared, did you have any, any favorites? Um, I thought, I, I think probably the 2B one was pretty memorable where it like looked like that they were like changing your channel or whatever. And everybody's like, where's the remote and stuff. I wasn't fooled mm-hmm. by it, but plenty of people were. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also, I, I liked the Doritos one with Jack Harlow where he like started playing mm-hmm. the triangle and they're like, yeah. and then the winner is Elton John. And they're like, what? <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, other than that, though, it was like a pretty non-memorable, like very safe commercial year. Nothing, nobody really did anything too crazy. Maybe the avocados from Mexico one. I don't know. That was maybe the boldest one. Mm. The Adam and Eve one, if you don't remember that one. But even that one, it's like their only move major marketing agencies have is to put a celebrity in a commercial. There's no creative mm-hmm. thinking in any of these Were there celebrities in that commercial? It's who... Mm. 
I didn't uh, even recognize yeah, what there were. <laughs> the one girl whose name escapes me. Uh, somebody could look it up. <laughs> so she's pretty um, famous. She's a celebrity. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's a big time. No, she's okay. in the scary movies. Um, <clears throat> but their only move is that, hey, let's put a celebrity. Even like the funny ones, like the Jack Harlow one. It's like, or the Doritos one with Jack Harlow. It's like, that's all they got. They, yeah. There's no yeah. creativity. Let's just go find a celebrity and put them in there. And Serena Williams, especially, booked and busy in two commercials. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Serena Williams was out for these commercials. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's retired now, so she is, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, I thought the, I thought the tri- like using a triangle was kind of creative. Like, who, who even remembers that triangles exist as an instrument normally? Or as a shape. It pretty, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really in any, any sense. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, so let's let's do this. Obviously, Super Bowl Fifty Seven is a wrap. It was a great game. Wyatt, let's start with you because you were touting the Chiefs as the NFL's best team for I think like months at this point, uh, and they came through for you. So let's start with you. What were some of your takeaways from this year's Super Bowl? It it would have looked really bad if they had not come through for me. Um, <laughs> I would not have been here this week. I have nothing <laughs> negative to really say about the Super Bowl. This was an impressive game. Played well by two outstanding quarterbacks. Uh, Jalen Hurts proved everybody wrong. Even probably the people that believed in him, some of us on this podcast, except for Jared. Um, he exceeded those what? expectations. And this was the best game of his career on the biggest stage possible. He, uh, I'm not going to say that he outplayed Patrick Mahomes, but he played just as well to keep that team alive. Um, however, the results were not by accident. And when you're talking about Patrick Mahomes, you're talking about the best quarterback that we have ever seen play football. And he operates on a completely different plane than the rest of the NFL. This game was not an anomaly than any other games that the Chiefs have played, including playoff games in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes is 13-10 and while trailing by 10 points. There's no other quarterback that's faced five or more double-digit deficits um, that's had an above 500 record in those type of games. All other quarterbacks in the Super Bowl have a 1.55 win percentage in those situations. And he did it against the league's best defense in a high ankle sprain. In the second half, he went 13-14 with an adjusted completion percentage of 100%. In other words, he was perfect. Uh, he limped going into the second half, and he pulled off one of the great scrambles to keep that team alive. This was supposed to be a transition year for Kansas City. Losing Tyreek Hill was a big downer. And all we saw was a Patrick Mahomes masterclass of that offense. Even if they were more horizontal uh, than vertical, you could see that there was full control from Patty um, on on everything that had happened throughout this year. Lucas, plug your ears because I I know you don't like Nick Wright's hyperbolic takes on Mahomes. (laughs) This was inevitable that the Chiefs were going to walk out with a victory uh, given everything that we've seen up until this point from Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, like... Oh, go ahead. What part? That was my one insight. <laughs> <laughs> to reflect there. on that for a second, yeah. <laughs> I mean, aside from Mahomes, I think just like the Eagles got out coached, especially in the second half of the game. Like, I think like the offensive scheme that Reed drew up. I mean, like some of it obviously is attributable to Mahomes and his brilliance. Um, but they made the Eagles' defense, who, like you mentioned, was the best in the league. And again, like you know, it's hard to be the best in the league against Mahomes generally. But, like, they were just, like, completely and totally out-schemed in the second half. Um, all that time with Rihanna showing on stage. Like, they had all the time to just, like, drop something that could dismantle the Eagles in the second half. Like, on both touchdowns, or 
Two of the touchdowns in the second half. One to Sky Moore. One to I forget who did. Maybe it was Pacheco. Kadarius Tony. Oh, Tony. Yep. They were wide open. Like why? That should not happen in the Super Bowl, and not only not happen once, but twice. And so I think it's like, yes. I mean, obviously Mahomes to some extent is like inevitable. He's great, um, but I think what the bigger deciding factor was because I think Hurts, like you alluded to this, why I don't know if he outplayed Mahomes, but I think he played equal to Mahomes in the game except for the the fumble in the first half um is that like I think the bigger factor was just like coaching and Andy Reid's like just like incredible offensive play calling in that second half yeah those two touchdowns were kind of the same play of the motion one way then go the other direction and Mm -hmm. just wide open both times and that wasn't the first time that that had happened to them this season there was a, a clip circulating around Twitter that Doug Peterson ran the same play with the Jaguars against the Eagles as well. And it worked just in the same mm-hmm. capacity. It was it was ever so slightly mm-hmm. different, but I mean, Doug Peterson also being a, a Reed disciple is, is a big deal, but mm-hmm. it's a, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it, it's, it's a bad look for the league's best defense, which I know it doesn't really matter because he got a head coaching job with the Cardinals uh, that mm-hmm. there were no adjustments and you got beat on a play that you got beat on, not earlier in the game where it's like, Maybe it's too quick to make an adjustment, but earlier in the year, in certainly your game plan coming out of that first touchdown was not well. They won't do it again, and then they did it again, yeah. <laughs> and it's like I don't know. It's just it. You're right. They did get out coached, um, and it, it's yeah. It's it's a heartbreaker for the Eagles, but I think it's also a huge testament to how just incredible the other guys are. Well, I think out coached though. They're definitely out coached when Kansas City was on offense and the Eagles were on defense. I think they were nearly flawless on offense, though, for the most mm-hmm. part. Like, aside from yeah. the, the fumble, yep. like, I think that, like, the Eagles' offense on the other hand was, like, nearly flawless in the game. And it, it literally just came down to that one mistake that Hurts made that was the difference in the game. Because otherwise, like, uh, they might have had a couple punts or three. I, like, but for the most part, they were perfect. They had the deep throw to A.J. Brown. They had the deep throw to Devontae Smith, both at, like, huge times of the game. Hurts played out of his mind. I think they, like... The Eagles' offense also outcoached the Chiefs' defense in the coach of this game in the course of this game, but I think that it's like not to the extent that like they just totally outclassed them in the way that the Chiefs did on the other on the other side of the ball. I saw that Hertz had the. This is mostly because rushing touchdowns for quarterbacks are OP, but he had the second highest fantasy point total ever of a quarterback in the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, which is fun. wait no, excuse me, not of a quarterback of a player, <laughs> um, because he had three rushing mm-hmm. touchdowns, which is like. You could argue he actually did outplay Mahomes. Uh, and I was also reading yeah. about somebody pointed out how, yeah, how he um, he kind of struggled under the spotlight, quote unquote, in uh, in college, right? Uh, at least in one championship game. Uh, and whereas in this spotlight game, he actually probably had the best game of his career, which is, which is cool to see. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think that there's at least room for optimism for the Eagles there, that he, he does definitively seem like the guy now, if he didn't already. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, the Eagles, I think, getting out-schemed on defense when they were on defense and the Chiefs were on offense. Like, also shown in the fact that they got no sacks after having the third most sacks mm-hmm. in NFL history. Like, that's, to some extent, not, like, a talent thing. It's a coaching thing. And so I think that, again, like, the Chiefs were just much better prepared on that side of the ball than the Eagles ever were. And yet, like, the Eagles, like, almost won, too. Like, they had a very real shot of winning that game. Um, they just couldn't stop the last drive, obviously. But, like, 
despite like getting completely outclassed on defense, like Hurts and the offense played so well that they, you know, when they tied it up with five minutes left in the game, and if they gotten a stop, they could have won, but they just didn't. This episode of the Lunchpail Guys podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. It's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbooks, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on an NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Download the app now and sign with code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. I heard, I, th- I think it was Travis Kelsey at the parade said something about people saying the Chiefs weren't going to, or like, oh, there's a lot of discussion about the Chiefs not making the playoffs this year or something. I was what? Like, who, who that, was that's real. That? that is real. I know that who? that's real. Um, who said that? There's a guy. Are we going to look back at the old sports They were the favorites again? in their division. They were the third favorites overall. I'm sure some ran, like, some random people were saying that, but like, that doesn't count. You know, it definitely was not an overarching thing. No, but somebody said it. (laughs) Somebody. Somebody. (laughs) People were definitely saying they were going to take a noticeable step back without Tyreek. Yeah. I think that's that's fair. So to see that this offense was like better without him and won the Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. largely because of their offense being unstoppable, I think is at least a bit of a surprise. I don't know. Yeah. I will say one thing, uh, though, that is always impressive about the Chiefs is how Travis Kelsey is somehow always open. Even though he's the best receiver, <laughs> they always know the ball's going yeah. there. Yeah. And like Coop, yeah. it's it's I feel like it's him, Cooper Cup, like Justin Jefferson. It seems like those receivers are literally just always open. I don't understand how it happens, how it works. Well, I, I think one of the big things is that one, he is a schematical nightmare. Like they they can't mm-hmm. put somebody on him. If they move a safety up to guard him close to the line of scrimmage, it leaves a section of the field open depending on what your personnel looks like. If it's a linebacker, they're obviously not going to do it, and they can't put a corner on him either because you leave a mismatch somewhere else on the field. Plus, he is an incredibly intelligent player. He knows coverages. He knows the holes in those coverages. He's incredibly quarterback-friendly. I think it's kind of like, oh, well, he catches touchdowns and whatever, but he's he's just as smart, I think, as anybody else that's on that field when it comes to what every team is doing. By the way, Bart Scott was the guy who predicted the Chiefs to not make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He's on East. <laughs> Bart Scott always likes to talk, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he does. One thing one thing I will say, I do find Jalen Hurts super easy to root for. I find the Eagles mm-hmm. very hard to root mm-hmm. for, though. Eagles yeah. fans, mm-hmm. did the Eagles booed Dak Prescott while he was receiving no, the Walter yeah. Payton that's Man of the Year award. That's good fun. That's no, that's, that's the man of the yes, year award. You're not supposed to so, boo that. You're booing charitable contributions. You're saying yeah, you don't you know, know you're, you're booing a cowboy. It was, it was pretty funny. Good, Intellectually good dishonest, Jared. Come on. No, it's not. They booed him. Also, also the other Nick Sirianni is hard, very hard to root for. When they were reviewing that Devontae Smith catch, uh, Nick Sirianni was like waving at the Chiefs, and then Jalen Hurts like swatted his hand down. Does anybody remember that part? Yeah, they were reviewing a play. But then he also cried during the national anthem, Jared. Yeah, so yeah. are you gonna hate on that? Yeah, and everybody clowned on him for it. It's a big Chris <laughs> Stapleton fan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the national anthem is one of the most emotional 
event in sports, I think. I used to get pumped up for the national anthem. <laughs> I loved it. That's fair. No, that's true. Yeah, it does does get some butterflies going. I agree though, is he is kind of smug and hard to root for. Um I will say this about the Eagles. <laughs> He's a Philly guy. Know. Come on. Yeah, I will. But uh, I'll I tell you what. Him. Yeah. The game. The game ended in a relatively controversial way. I the Eagles at no point complained. Even James Bradbury going out and just saying, "You know what? I did it." Yep. Like I think that that was very professional and very grown up. Um, nobody mm-hmm. at any point was like, "Yeah, well, you know, we got screwed and that was a stupid call and blah blah blah." And mm-hmm. even though the field was terrible, and I know that they admitted that the field was terrible, mm-hmm. and I don't think anybody mm-hmm. would disagree. People were slipping mm-hmm. on every chance they could have. Um, I just they, they never said anything about it, and I, and I will mm-hmm. give them a lot of credit for that. Is it sucks? It's emotional. It's easy to say it wasn't our fault, um, but nobody said that. They just kind of owned it and they gave their credits and they moved on. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think it's easy to root for the Eagles because that they no, it's not that easy. That's just yeah, no, I feel like it's just the fan base, the, the actual team. No issue with. Okay, yeah, all. the fan base. You know? Yeah, the fan base is yeah. terrible. Sorry, I hate the Eagles yeah. fans. <laughs> other than Lucas, other than Lucas Ingrid, love you guys, but the Eagles, the Eagles fan base is probably the worst in the NFL. <laughs> not gonna lie. You just hate Philadelphia. It's okay. Yeah, yeah it's like a six out of ten city. <laughs> this country wouldn't Quick. exist without this city so let's quick, you know. quickly digress and power rank the cities um, <laughs> no, i was gonna say it's a stark contrast i don't even remember if we talked about the 49ers comments on the pod at all about how the 49ers after brock yeah. purdy went down that whole next week or next two weeks were like ah we would have blown them out we were down to our last quarterback it's you know it's not fair it's very interesting how the next team the team that won the bigger game was much more classy about it mm-hmm. yeah it's it's an awful look for the 49ers to to lose it's not even like they lost close um yeah. to lose the way they did and to mm-hmm. go out and say yeah oh you know we we would have should i it's like the guy who's saying like i would have gone pro if i didn't hurt my knee in high school you know exactly. yeah like oh the yeah. coach just didn't like me you know but it, it really is like it you, you just were awful yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah because everyone coach understood that that you know that that game would be different if they didn't lose all their quarterbacks kind of thing but the way yeah. they just harped on it, it was, yeah, got old very quickly. Yeah. I will kind of say there's a little bit of validity to it with the way that the defense failed to adjust in the second half that maybe they can go out and they say, but they can't be the ones to say it. Somebody else can go out and say it. Yeah. You can't go out and say like, yeah, I know we lost by double digits, but you know what? I, we, I think we had them. <laughs> Yeah, this is what I'm saying. They could have so easily come out there and been like, it was a soft holding call. Blah, 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 blah. But it's like, no, they didn't. The fans did. The fans did it for them. Yeah. yeah. And they were right. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, my no, gosh. I, not... I love the, I wanted the, to start the, 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 discussion. the discourse about this, by the way. It went from that's not even a hold until James Bradbury, James Bradbury admitted it. And then they're like, okay, but that shouldn't have been called. And then afterwards, yeah. of course, like some crazier fans and also being like facetious were like he was just reading off the script at that point yeah it did before, kind of shift no you're totally before, right before you even brought it up i literally was not even thinking about that play before you brought it up on our group really? chat which is in it which oh, i the, thought was interesting oh, but, like really? was not the announcers literally commented on the time like greg olson is like i don't mm-hmm. love that and this, like, yeah but he, then he but then they that. just mm-hmm. moved on after like, I wasn't, like, after the game. But that was the, like, it. final that play. The, yeah, that right. was I the mean, consequential much. play of the game. Yeah, if they stop them there, then the Eagles get the ball back with 140 left or yeah. whatever it is. Well, they, they was... No, no, it was a hold. Have. 
but it's yeah. well i mean yeah. they the chiefs would have still kicked a field goal at that position and there's no guarantee the eagles would have marched on the field oh yeah, yeah but exactly yeah. i know well, that like you can't it say that it, it, like it, it could have been a different thing it is an if, anticlimactic like, the, the eagles could have what was a fantastic super field. bowl yeah. they, sure but there's like i don't like i hate this this idea that like okay let's go back and let's review the penalties Especially people and people like you guys, and this is not about like to rehash this argument. You guys love the human element of umpires in baseball, and it's like now all of a sudden that's like the most that's like the worst possible thing that could have happened. Wait, who loves the human element? Of the I'm pretty sure Jared does. Is that, is that I don't I mind. I don't mind it when it's before. correct. Like I don't but mind I mean, an umpire. No, I'm with Jared that call. like when it's when it's within a certain like this umpire calls the outside corner a little bit more. But it's like within the margin of error, yeah, and they're consistent but, about it. That's that's cool. I like and, that. But the call we don't like when they're was, wrong. But yeah. the call was grounded in reality. That was clearly a hold. I mean, if yeah, you yeah. But I think it's the inconsistency, like my but, issue with okay, the ump and, issue is right. Like there and, was Juju and James Bradbury had the same exact interaction, except it was worse in the first half when Bradbury clearly held him, and they didn't call anything. And so it's like, why but, are we? In my, yeah, it's one of those my thing, like, No, but my thing is, is what it, a, yeah. show me show me the footage of it happening multiple times. I know it happened that one other time yeah. earlier in the game, but that is not like the refs are letting us go. They could have just missed the call completely. Yeah, well, I think it's not like the, all of a sudden like, oh, the refs are letting us hold. Let's just go out there and hold. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, no, it's definitely like if, a missed thing, but it it's is just a, like it's even, frustrating, especially given all the stuff that happened with refereeing during the playoffs. Like yeah, it was generally bad. And, and this was not a game. A boiling point with that play because yeah, it's just like it's not that it's like the worst call in the world. It's just like disappointing to have it be like this is a soft call that could have been called like a million other times in the game and wasn't, but it was only called right at the end. It's like I would agree with Aiden. It's a consistency thing. Like, is it was it wrong to call it a hold? No, but it's just like that. It's like it's a soft hold. It's like it had happened like multiple times before in the game. It's just like why then? Like if you're not gonna call it, don't call it. But like, I, don't I don't know. think it happened multiple times earlier in the game. It happened that one other time, at least on the top of my head. I would, and I, I'm willing to be proven 22. wrong. Somebody can show me, but I just want to see other times where they let the they play. let the DBs get away with that to the point where they thought they could get away with it at the end of the game. Penalties yeah. are a ticking time bomb, even in the situation where it's like. Okay, like they let a hold get away. The little, but you can't. Doesn't mean you could just do it. Like you can't just yeah, like hold yeah. over yeah, and over true. and over again. It and just all feels kind of kinda arbitrary when it's called versus when it's not. And so there was definitely the element of I was bitter that we didn't get a potentially dramatic ending that was impacting my my specific anger at that play. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But it's it just it like overall, it's like when it is it going to happen? On when, that or when is it not? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In, in, because you know I what? had a 50k in, down. Just like the, there's so many the problems Eagles. with that particular play for me. It, and part of it, and I like Greg Olson as an announcer, it's the fact that they like freeze frame at the wrong part of the route. Yeah. Like, well, that's oh, not Greg Olson. On the that's bat. not Greg Olson's fault. No, I know, but he, but he's like, but they're like, oh, they're calling the hold with the hand on the back, and then everybody's like posting that picture. That's not yeah. the hold. If they called the hold based off of that, I'd agree that that's not the right call. And there's just. It's so like the play is grounded in reality where it's like there is clearly something going on. If it was one of those late hits or like unnecessary roughness or a taunting call, I would be just as mad because um, I'm not viewing this through the lens as an Eagles hater where I wanted. I don't care necessarily care who won, um, but it's like, but it's it's just more like 
it's not like they were robbed and the Chiefs were handed a championship. I just I do not like yeah. and I do not agree with that narrative. Yeah, yeah. No, After what that. was an incredible game mm-hmm. that ultimately landed, ended with one team making a mistake. That's the way football works. Where they he made a mistake mm-hmm. and it happens to everybody. But let's not pretend like this is not real or they it was out of line. It is grounded in reality, even if it was inconsistent. Because I don't I, and I don't agree with that either. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I think it's just sort of like, obviously, as someone who's running for the Eagles, I'm like, like, of course, like, that's how it had to end. But also it was more so just like, like, Aiden, it's like, oh, like, of all the ways for this, like, incredible Super Bowl to end, it's like, on a soft holding call, you know, it's like, was it the wrong call? Like, no, I don't think so. But it's like, but was it just kind of right like, <laughs> that's also what I'm saying. It's just kind of like, it's fine either way. Like, if they called it. The fact that they called it fine, understandable. If they hadn't called it, I wouldn't have been like, this is like some egregious miscarriage of justice either. Like, I think it's just like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just like kind of a eh way to end a Super Bowl, you know? One interesting thing I saw people on social media pointing out was that last year, a very similar thing happened where there, yeah. was, there was no defensive holding call until late in the fourth quarter. It saved the Rams drive, if I remember correctly, and that's how they ended up winning. So uh, hey, nobody, nobody. All I'm saying that. is, well, somebody does because the point <laughs> one is one person, one person. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I don't that. yeah, every, but everybody, they do it well, all the Jared, time. If Even you, on the, if you the, remembered every like questionable penalty call that happened in NFL mm-hmm. games, you would s- mm-hmm. gradually go insane. I mean, there's a reason you forget about <laughs> yeah. it because you can't watch it. <laughs> it's just over the top. Yeah, it's just on the Jalen Hurts fumble. They're like, I saw screenshots of people like, wasn't there a face mask on this play? <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just all so what? It's like Jared said, nobody <laughs> remembers it. It's all tomato tomato and it's wishy washy. I know that the refs were awful. I don't think that they were that awful that day. Yeah, and it's not like it's like it's more frustrating to me because people are like, oh, it's a conspiracy. Blah, blah. No, and it's like it's not. It's just like the consistent like inconsistency if that makes sense like it's like it's just like i feel like there's just like no standard for refereeing a lot of times you know where it's like you know like that's a hold in some games and not a hold in other games and it's a hold based on sometimes in the game and not other times of the game and it's mm-hmm. like why of all the times it was called was it mm-hmm. the game deciding play like it's just like disappointing that the game has to end that way when like they could have called it earlier in the game and they didn't you know yeah but you know i i joe clatt was talking about it the NFL leaves a lot of subjective calls up to the refs where like, mm-hmm. even like the Dallas Goddard catch, it's like, they just got to see, like, I think he has control. Like there's no action. And then, and then of course it's different uh, when Miles Sanders catches the ball and it's like, that's not a catch. It just, I feel like it's so oddly subjective where it's some of these need to be grounded a little bit more in what they are and, and, and how refs need to review that and operate on that. I think the Sanders one was pretty clearly not a catch. No, that was definitely a catch. Forward. He caught the ball. <laughs> Both of you think it's clearly the opposite. <laughs> he caught the Are ball. You he clearly you caught did... the ball. Wait, you talking know about that... the fumble? Or yeah, when fumble. he caught it in fumble, just there. because, yeah. I just because he hit, he hit yeah. him like right away. I mean, that's also a really good football play. Hey, no, that was. He I didn't think ball, that was a catch all... either. I'm sorry. That's like but he caught the, the ball. He got the ball. He made a feet down move. Yeah, no, he didn't That's make a football move. Not the football move is such a stupid rule. Forward. But no, no, no. <laughs> you can't be like it's clearly a catch, and they'd be like, "Well, f the rules," you know. It's like, well, uh, under the like literal definition of the rules. Sure, but I'm, what I'm saying it is, it's catch, too subjective you know? and it's too stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
of ref talk i've been saying <laughs> that's also i agree with that <laughs> but yeah by like whatever the weird definition of what the rules are yeah. for a catch it wasn't a catch even though like every part of me is like that looked like it but like because he didn't move forward or like make a football move or whatever it doesn't count so. but he did <laughs> I don't know. See, see but if that if the play in the end zone if the play in the end zone um didn't happen then people would be arguing about that call like there's always just gonna be a call one thing i do want to talk about i don't think the eagles are gonna be back i'm not gonna lie i think that i think they could be back next year i think next year they could be but after that once they give jalen hurts their they're gonna give jalen hurts his like deserved 50 million dollar a year contract and then they're not gonna have enough money to pay the rest of their good players that made this team so good isn't that exactly what we said about Mahomes though no but they he has Travis like, Mahomes he has Travis Kelsey like they they did have to get rid of Tyreek Hill but Travis Kelsey's the most one of the most unguardable receivers in the league and he signed they could do it if they do it in tandem I looked at this he signed his contract two mm-hmm. months after Mahomes did so they like they had that planned out that was like a coordinated thing the Tyreek they were like okay we're just gonna lose him and I don't know if the well, Eagles AJ Brown is already signed he signed an extension as well yeah, so I mean, they, if they keep you, AJ Brown, they have Devontae Smith on a rookie yeah, deal for a couple more years. Like, I don't, I don't think this is. I think this yeah, is a very similar situation pick, right, this year. Yeah, two first round picks. Like they'll probably lose Bradbury, but they can pretty quickly, I feel like, plug that like with one of those first round picks with somebody comparably good. You would hope. Like I don't know. Like I, I'm also not super convinced they're gonna be back. I mean, it helps them that the NFC is like not very good. And like so, even if they take like a slight step back next year because they like they lose Bradbury, Kelsey retires, etc. Um, like even with that happening, like who do you really feel like is like much better than them in that like given all things considered? And like, am I saying like the Eagles are surefire going to be back in the Super Bowl next year? No, but I'll give it like a a thirty percent, forty like forty percent chance. Like I think that they'll maintain enough talent that they'll be good and that you know things fall their way like i don't i'm not scared of the 49ers or the cowboys or i like i don't know who even else going into next year like there just the aren't that vikes. many teams in the NFL. excuse <laughs> the you vikes that's true that's yeah. true that's true yeah. it's just like there aren't actually, that many great that's a good point though yeah there it's are like not who, that who's many other be... teams that feel like threats besides the 49ers yeah. yeah i think it'll just be either the eagles or the 49ers next year maybe the cowboys on some weird fluky chance thing but i think it's like even if they take a slight step back, like I don't really know who would take their spot. You know, there's aren't that many good teams in the NFC. I don't know they rose quickly. They rose quickly. They could fall quickly too. Also a possibility. Just to to Jared's point about what happens after the contract, like Mahomes just broke. He just demolished the record for quarterback who won a Super Bowl as the percentage of the team cap. Right, like nobody has ever been that much. But I really feel like Jalen Hurts is not going to be rep- replicating Patrick Mahomes' success generally speaking like I think Mahomes is far and away the anomaly and once like no other quarterback has done it before I don't see Hurts being the second one to do it now he's not that good I know he had a fantastic season but I don't know there are levels to it in my opinion also I would put Andy Reid in a significantly higher echelon of coaches than Nick Sirianni right now and I think that plays a big factor as well in how consistently good the Chiefs have been yeah, I agree with that I don't think Sirianni's also awful. They came within three points of the Super Bowl this year, and they, well, like, he didn't do anything. He doesn't call plays. That Andy Reid has. Yeah, but he hired. Good. I like. <laughs> he built the staff right to some degree. Yeah, I mean that is the one he thing I fear about plays. the Eagles is that they lost. 
you need to I don't really <laughs> they lost both coordinators that seems like to me the bigger deal than like any little roster tweaks at this point but the question are they the 49ers who can just keep replacing people who yeah, or, you know, exactly. teams like that who can just uh-huh. turn people in and out or are they not yeah we'll see okay but Aiden but Kyle Shanahan calls plays like that like yeah, that that's true. that will that's never a, that's, be that's a good point is yeah. that you know, like yeah. most the of the teams who's the head coach is not the play caller where teams where where the head coach is not the play caller those teams I don't think we've seen them succeed even last year it was Sean McVay and it was Zach Taylor who made the Super Bowl and they both call plays um before that you know Bruce Arians was making the Super Bowl and Andy Reid and they both call plays like like that's those are a big deal we don't see defensive head coaches make the Super Bowl very often where they call the the offensive plays or you know in this case Sirianni is an outlier technically but you know next year is that going to be the same thing I know that like the one bet good thing is that they've elevated their quarterback coach so it stays mm-hmm. relatively the same within the same system so it's not like they're it's a defensive coach and they have to revamp everything but you know we saw it happen with Josh Allen where it, it seemed like to me he took a step back after losing Brian Dable and it could, there's a good chance that this team doesn't stay consistent <clears throat> throughout the year. I think you think Josh but, you Allen know, took I, a step I, back because you're a Giants fan, but that's just, that's just because Dave Ball's your coach now. <laughs> I think that's influencing <laughs> it a bit, but he's that important. He's that smart. He's the <laughs> smartest coach in the league and, and it shows now, but you know, I think Howie Roseman is probably the best GM in the league. I'm just going to give him that honor mm-hmm. and everything that he's done up to this point. Um, th- all their young guys, their important guys are young. Uh, AJ Brown, Jalen Hurts, Jordan Davis is. I know that he wasn't a major contributor, but he's talented and he's young. Hassan Reddick is still young. I mean, they're going to be okay. Anyways, thank you for listening. As always, uh, be sure to catch our second episode of the week. We're going to pivot. We're going to move on to some NBA stuff. You know, we, we've now we've lost football for for a few months, mm-hmm. so uh, we're going to be we're going to be talking some basketball. Uh, and again, as always, if you have not already, which I know you have, I know I'm preaching in the choir here, subscribe on all our social medias, lunchpailguys underscore on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And yeah, see you for the second episode of the week.